You know what we don't get a lot of medical education about, but we should? Advanced paternal age. Now, I know we get advanced maternal age, or AMA. We get that information down pretty tight. But what about advanced paternal age? Advanced maternal age has long been recognized as a risk factor for adverse reproductive outcomes, and we usually use a cutoff for maternal age of 35 and above. And some of these reproductive risks with advanced maternal age include infertility and miscarriage, autosomal aneuploidy, and certain obstetric complications like gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, fetal growth restriction, and of course, preterm delivery. But advanced paternal age is not innocent in this either. So in this podcast, we're going to review some of the reproductive risks and possible birth outcomes in couples that have advanced paternal age. Traditionally, there was not a definition of advanced paternal age and that age cutoff, although most professional societies now define advanced paternal age as an age of 40 or more. The trend to delay childbearing has resulted in older maternal and paternal age. As a result of increased life expectancy, increased divorce and remarriage rates, and increased access to artificial reproductive technologies, the age of fathers has increased. According to the National Vital Statistics Report, the birth rate among 35 to 49-year-old American men in 2015 was 69 per thousand compared with 42 per thousand in the 1980s. Because of this increasing trend, the American College of Medical Genetics has defined advanced paternal age as an age of 40 or older at the time of conception. The American Society of Reproductive Medicine, or the ASRM, has also established the age of 40 as the upper age limit for sperm donation. Other societies, including ACOG, the National Society of Genetic Counselors, and the International Society of Prenatal Diagnosis, have not published formal practice guidelines on this subject. And so for this reason, we decided to do this podcast to bring medical education to this more common issue. Now, here's a clinical pearl that you may not be aware of. Even though men can father children throughout their lifespan, several studies have shown that natural fertility rates actually do decline with paternal age. A survey of over 8,000 pregnancies in the UK found that conception during a 12-month period was 30% less likely for men over the age of 40 compared with men younger than the age of 30. Additionally, and just as interesting, not only is there a decline in fertility with advanced paternal age, but there seems to be an increased rate in miscarriage as well. There are likely multiple factors that contribute to the increased rate of infertility and spontaneous miscarriage associated with advanced paternal age. One explanation is that increasing paternal age negatively affects sperm quality. In a systematic review and meta-analysis of 90 studies, Johnson et al. reported that increasing paternal age was associated with decline in semen volume, total sperm count and motility, and percentage of abnormal appearing sperm. Although many of these parameters are not directly correlated with reproductive outcomes, DNA fragmentation has been independently associated with infertility and lower live birth rates. 
So in response to the growing body of evidence on the negative impact of paternal age on sperm quality, Hume et al. suggested that DNA fragmentation should be part of the routine evaluation of sperm quality for advanced paternal age patients undergoing assisted reproductive technology. Unfortunately, these outcomes are not just related to spontaneous conceptions, but carry over to artificial reproductive technologies. Several studies have demonstrated that advanced paternal age may negatively impact artificial reproductive technology outcomes. In mostly retrospective studies, advanced paternal age has been associated with poor embryo quality, reduction of fertilization and implantation rates, and reduction in pregnancy and live birth rates. But here's the good news. Not all of the studies consistently demonstrate this poor association between advanced paternal age and advanced reproductive technology outcomes because most of these studies are retrospective and are very small numbers. So that's good news. Also, it's hard to control one of the chief confounding factors, which is the effect of maternal age on these outcomes. Okay, now that we've covered outcomes in general, let's get into some specific issues like the effect of advanced paternal age on autosomal dominant mutations. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Advanced paternal age is linked to de novo point mutations that are autosomal dominant. The most characteristic, of course, is achondroplasia. So remember, achondroplasia and it's linked to advanced paternal age. Although the population risk of achondroplasia is about 1 in 15,000, the risk increases to 1 in 1,250 in men who are between the ages of 50 to 54. In addition to this association of autosomal dominant defects, there's also an association with X-linked diseases. Advanced paternal age may be associated with increased risk of spontaneous germline mutations in X-linked diseases. There is evidence that the offspring of women who were born to older fathers have an increased risk of X-linked disorders like hemophilia A and B. Duchenne muscular dystrophy, Hunter's syndrome, and Leish-Nyhan disease have also been linked to advanced paternal age. The mechanism that leads to de novo germline mutations in X-linked disease is unclear, and there's not been corroboration in follow-up studies that evaluated the risk of advanced paternal age and the X-linked disease status in their grandchildren. So again, that relationship with advanced paternal age and X-linked disease remains slightly controversial and weak. There's also an issue with copy number variants, or CNVs. All pregnancies are at risk of genomic copy number variants, and that's regardless of maternal or paternal age. However, some data suggests that the risk of copy number variants may actually be increased in the offspring of advanced paternal age men. 
Nonetheless, further study is needed to determine if advanced paternal age truly is associated with the increased risk of copy number variants. Now, here's what's equally as disturbing. Outside of those genetic issues, there is a tie between older men fathering children and certain biological and disease states like childhood cancer. Several studies have shown an association between advanced paternal age and various childhood cancers like leukemia and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. The American Cancer Society Prevention Study 2 Nutrition Cohort included over 138,000 patients and 2,500 cases of hematological cancers between the span of 1992 and 2009. In this study, there was strong association between paternal age and the development of cancer. Men who were older than 35 and had children had a 63% higher risk of having offspring who developed these cancers compared with those who fathered children when they were younger than the age of 25. Now, the mechanism for this increased cancer risk is unknown, but one theory has to do with age-related telomere shortening. Telomeres are short, tandem repeats of DNA that cap linear chromosomes. Telomere length shortens with age and can be used as a biomarker for aging. Now, whereas telomere shortening has been linked to various diseases, conservation of telomere length is linked to longevity, which is good, but also tied to malignancy, which is not good. In the sperm of older men, telomere length is longer. Offspring of older fathers have longer leukocyte telomere length, which increases to about two times per year of paternal age. So this may confer an evolutionary advantage by reducing the risk of atherosclerosis and increased lifespan, but at the higher risk of malignancy. As we come to the end of the podcast, a quick word about congenital anomalies. Although their incidence is still very low, there is, again, a weak association of advanced paternal age and the risk of certain non-chromosomal birth defects. These have included cleft lip, diaphragmatic hernia, right ventricular outflow tract obstruction, and pulmonary stenosis. Lastly, before we get into genetic screening and counseling, a quick word about neurodevelopmental and psychiatric conditions in the offspring born to fathers of advanced paternal age. Some studies have shown an association of the development of schizophrenia, autism spectrum disorder, and altered neurodevelopmental outcomes in children fathered by men who are advanced paternal age. Well, now that we come to the end of the podcast, a quick word about genetic screening. Remember that ACOG states that all women should be offered the option of diagnostic genetic testing if they so desire. But it is important to give the couple counseling that carrier type and prenatal microarray analysis does have some limitations in regards to autosomal dominant mutations. But in contrast, whole exon sequencing does have the potential to identify many of these pathological mutations that go hand in hand with advanced paternal age. However, 
ACOG, and the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine do not recommend routine whole exon sequencing because of its cost and its difficult and complex counseling, and it's difficult because sometimes you find mutations that have undetermined significance. So as of right now, further study is needed to ascertain the benefits, risks, and the limitations of whole exon sequencing, even in cases of advanced paternal age. Well, I know what you're thinking. Well, what about cell-free DNA? Well, that's of particular interest to couples with advanced paternal age because cell-free DNA can have a specific... Well, I know what you're thinking. What about cell-free DNA? Well, of particular interest to couples with advanced paternal age who desire screening is the cell-free DNA complete screening panel. This panel, which is commercially available, screens for about 30 genetic conditions, and it can include some de novo autosomal dominant issues. Now, although internal and unpublished validation studies have been conducted, there are no large-scale prospective trials to assess test performance in clinical practice. So as such, the test characteristics for the detection of these rare conditions is actually unknown. Given the low prevalence of these conditions tested, the positive predictive value of such non-invasive screening is likely to be very low, as is true for all forms of non-invasive prenatal screening. Confirmation of any abnormal test is required before pregnancy management plans are altered. I cannot end the podcast without giving a little silver lining behind this somewhat kind of depressing podcast if a partner is advanced paternal age. Here's the take-home message and the final clinical pearl. Overall, the incidence of de novo autosomal dominant mutations associated with advanced paternal age is estimated to be less than 0.5%. These mutations are not evaluated by conventional prenatal diagnostic testing, but may be identified by whole exon sequencing, and if the couple has informed consent, that may be done in the appropriate setting. Additionally, non-invasive, cell-free DNA does have the option for search for these, but still requires final diagnostic testing. Historically, the reproductive risks associated with maternal age have been the focus of prenatal genetic counseling, but as now has been demonstrated, couples with advanced paternal age should be adequately counseled about the reproductive risks associated with paternal aging. Well, thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.